0: The Pelicans took care of business against a shorthanded Warriors team, but there's still lots of room for improvement in New Orleans, which means the best is yet to come for the Pelicans. I'll explain today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go!
1: You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team...
0: Every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Jake Madison at NOLAJAKE on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans just beat the brakes off the Golden State Warriors. 128 83. You heard that correct. It is a 45 point win for the Pelicans. Oh, it was pretty. And we'll break down this win, what went so well for them, and why they still have a lot of room to improve and why. It might even sound like we're nitpicking this team at time. That's all to come in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. The wins, the losses, trade rumors starting up soon for sure. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. So let's get right into it. The big win for the Pelicans, one twenty eight eighty three 83 over New Orleans. We'll get into some Zion stuff and how I don't think they used him particularly well in this game, but also... Does it matter when you destroy a team by 45 points? Yes and no, but let's start with the win first. This is a very good win. Even if I think the Pelicans can do things better and have areas to improve upon, this is a really good win for New Orleans. It shows you a lot of the strengths of this team. The ball popped, the defense was great, and you saw some really strong individual performances. You are supposed to beat certain teams. You're supposed to crush certain teams. You're supposed to take care of business against certain teams. That is something that good teams do. New Orleans did that in this one. This was an opponent, you know, we call them the defending champions, and that almost needs to be in quotes in this one, because there was no Steph Curry, there was no Klay Thompson, there was no Draymond Green. When they're down those three guys and they're punting this game, and rest assured they were, they're going to have trouble. Their bench has been bad this year, and when that bench becomes the starters, those guys are still bad. The team we saw on the court was not good for the Golden State Warriors. You only want to read so much into a win like this, but at the base level, just getting this win in the dominant fashion that New Orleans did, that is doing what you should be doing, and we want the team to do just that. So from that perspective, just taking everything else out of the equation, By itself, oh yeah, you gotta do what you did in a 45-point win, wire to wire, just dominating that team. That is exactly it. And give New Orleans a lot of credit for that. They've played this team earlier in the year without those three guys playing for the Golden State Warriors too. And this game was tougher. This was a game, you know, last time they played where they didn't respect their opponent. They thought they could just waltz in and get it. They didn't have much energy and they had to kind of grit out a win towards the end. This one, not so much. This was easy for New Orleans. Way to kind of rise to the occasion, realize what happened last time, learn from that, and kind of apply all of that to this. That's why this is such a solid win. And when you get Brandon Ingram cooking like he did, 34 points on the night, he was fantastic just getting offense, getting to the rim, shooting threes, dishing assists, playing defense. He was fantastic. The offense was running through him all night long, and he looked great. C.J. McCollum didn't need to do a ton in this. Chips in with 15 points, gets just enough done. You have Devontae Graham off the bench, who was a lightning rod for New Orleans. He's played well this year. This is why I've said I don't know if you can really drop him from the rotation, but he made six threes. in a night that they didn't have Trey Murphy, when you need some of that three-point shooting, that's fantastic. Val just one day after we talk about how they need to play him a little bit more and kind of take advantage of his size, 4-4 four, four from the field for, um, for 10 points and 13 rebounds. This team forced a ton of turnovers for the Golden State Warriors. Golden State in this one, 26 turnovers, which turned into 31 points for New Orleans. Yep, that is exactly what you want to see this team do. New Orleans, meanwhile, took care of the ball. Didn't really make many mistakes. They out rebounded the Warriors. They just dominated in every single fashion. Everywhere. I can tell you some of the fun stats from this one. Points in the paint, 60 to 36 in favor of New Orleans. Second chance points, 19 to 9. Fast break points were kind of even. Uh bench points was like 57 for New Orleans in this one. Let me find that number here. Bench points 57 to 37. When you're playing a bad team. Go go kick the crap out of them. And New Orleans did just that. You love to see it. It's what good teams do. New Orleans reminded you why we have high expectations of them in the first place. They should have dominated this game. And they did. No one was really playing for the Golden State Warriors outside of Pool. Kaminga's not been great this year. You know, White Dante, Dante DiVincenzo wasn't gonna do a whole lot. You know, these guys really, really struggled throughout the majority of the game, as they should. They're not a good team. So New Orleans doing what they needed to do. I love it. I love it. That's exactly what you wanted to see. The offense was flowing. These guys were like, we're better. We're going to have some fun. Add a little razzle-dazzle into the mix with everything here too. 30 assists on 49 makes for the Pelicans. 42 three-point attempts made. Most of this game was garbage time, particularly by the time you got to the fourth quarter where they had a 30-point lead and just kept running it up. I loved it. You saw, you know, a mixed bag from Dyson Daniels in this one. Lots of personal fouls kind of at times struggling. Five on the night. But you saw some really great defensive plays from him. You saw him show off some of his offensive moves get to the basket. Jose Alvarado had fun in this one, scoring 10 points off the bench, grabbing one of his steals off the inbound, which they didn't even have a replay of in the Smoothie King Center, which I thought was kind of funny. And you got some human victory cigars in there, in Billy Hernan Gomez, Garrett Temple, Jackson Hayes, getting some run out there on the court. And Jackson Hayes reminding you he is an athletic, athletic player. It's just as good of a win as you can get and exactly what the Pelicans should have done, what they needed to do. So we're going to talk about the offense coming up with Zion because I didn't really mention him much in this because he just had nine total points on seven shot attempts on a pretty low usage rate for him. Is that good? Is that bad? Is it a problem? I do think it can be if you're playing a different opponent than this one. So let's look at that coming up here next. But even though we're going to kind of nitpick it a little bit, It's still a very good win for New Orleans, and at the very least, we should all keep that in mind when looking at this game. They did exactly what they needed to do. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by T-U-R-O is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Taro, you can book any car you want, whenever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, Canada, uh, US UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get a classic or a luxury car for a special event, find an affordable economy car if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B, or test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. And many tarot hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at tarot.com.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, giving you the big picture perspective. This is a very good win. And then getting into the nuance on what we want to see this team improve upon which we're about to do in this next segment. No one else coming to you like this Monday through Friday, completely free is the top listened Pelicans podcast. And now for your second listen, go check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights that only locked on can provide locked on sports today, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So the Pelicans blow out, blow out. The Golden State Warriors by 45 points. That was a fun one. You could have left at the end of the third. You could have left at halftime. You would have missed Red Panda. But you could have left at halftime and it would have been fine. Also, I absolutely love, I find this hilarious. Morris Bard, who's had season tickets next to the Pelicans bench for a very long time, respects the hell out of Red Panda. And quick change. He knows the halftime acts that you see every year that are the legends. The entire bench was cleared out except for him and someone else and they were just like transfixed on Red Panda. Respecting the legend, realizing how important she kind of is to like the fabric of the NBA. It was pretty funny to me that he was like, no, I'm not going to go get free drinks or food. I'm going to watch the halftime performance. Probably doesn't do that for all of them, but does it for the ones that matter. So the Pelicans blow out the Golden State Warriors by 45 points, but Zion didn't have a great game. And... That's okay. In a win like that, when B.I. is kind of a hot hand, we've said multiple times, you want to feed the hot hand, so feed B.I., let him go and do his thing. That's great. But you saw at times the offense struggled a little bit. And against this Golden State Warriors team that, frankly, that team that we saw tonight is the worst team in the league. If it's just without Steph, Clay, and Draymond, the team that they have is the worst team in the league. I feel pretty confident in saying that. You know, you might not be able to pull off the same kind of win that you did if you run some of the same kind of offense. They still really do struggle to figure out how to use Zion and get him kind of into the flow of the game. And I actually do think he was impactful off ball in this one. I thought he worked really well, even though he just had seven shot attempts and nine total points. He did have four assists. The numbers aren't updated to some of the tracking data yet but he had at least two hockey assists the the pass before the assist so the pass that leads to someone else getting an assist in this one so his passing was great he was cutting off ball they basically put him on the three-point line where they use him or in the corner three where they use him a lot and he just stands there a lot of the time but you saw in drives to the basket he would just cut towards the basket baseline cut very simple and it worked pretty well he got the ball and when he gets moving like that with some momentum he's tough to stop Or if they do stop him, he can pass out really well because his passing is very good. And he definitely did that in this game. But you still need to see a higher usage rate for a guy like that. You've seen the court gravity of him. Just when he's in the corner, guys even still stay on him. But it does make him easier to defend. And you can sometimes cut off those drives to the basket. So this is a game where he had a usage rate of 20.4. If you think about it, that's about an average player's usage rate. It doesn't really work out like this. Five guys on the court adds up to 100, so you divide 100 by 5, it's 20 per person. But when Zion's on the court, you don't want him just being another guy, being an average player. And frankly, that's not, you know, I get it. it. The average ends up being 20, but for star players, it needs to be higher. So for a guy like Zion, that shouldn't be the average. So they do need to figure out how to use him a little bit better because we saw particularly at the start of the second quarter, the offense struggled a little bit. They they figured it out and they beat this really bad team, so it ended up being okay, but against good teams, maybe even meet medium teams, middle-of-the-road teams, they still might have struggled scoring, and we've seen when they try and get away from Zion and use him only in post-up situations or have him out on the three-point line so Jonas has space for a post-up down low, or vice versa, right? It doesn't always work. And against a better team, I do wonder if they would have struggled with this. So finding a way, it's, it's about balance. It's about balance. It's not about being like, well, I just want to get Zion the ball. Look, he's what your highest paid player. You need to get him the ball. He, has, he can create a lot of more open shots for others than anyone else can in this one. So you do need to get him the ball and kind of make him the focal point. We've also seen that his game is best when he's driving from the perimeter and attacking downhill. That's when he's had his best scoring games. The point Zion experiment thing whatever you want to call it really does work so it's great that you beat a bad team do that like definitely do that don't lose these games or make these games tougher than they need to be but they really still need to kind of find the right kind of balance with Zion Brain Ingram CJ and the rest of this squad and I don't think they've found that just yet you can get by with that in a game like this can you get by with that against better teams I think somewhat so far we've seen the answer is no. They're seven and five now with Zion in the lineup. They're three and two without Zion. That it basically equates to the same thing, right? That's about a sixty percent win percentage. It's it's off by like three percent, something like that. So I do think. They're okay either way, but it's just really about finding that balance. And some of the losses they've had with Zion in there you know, could have been wins. Could have been wins if they used him a little bit better and you didn't see the offense really struggle to score at times this year because they're just not using Zion Williamson properly or just not getting him touches, right? It's not even about the scoring. It's making sure he's touching the ball on certain possessions to force the defense to rotate, to move, and you don't always see them do... Things like that. And those are the games that I think are the most frustrating to watch. So it's things that could hurt them further down the line. So when we look at this, it's not being critical just to be critical. It's because, well, we have high expectations for what they need to do. Zion should probably have the highest usage rate on the team, or at least have it be very comparable to Brandon Ingram's. This game's a bit of an outlier. I'm not really complaining that much because you just didn't need to. You know, he's just coming back from injury after missing a couple of games. They're 4-2 and two on this road trip, any, on this homestand anyway. Gets him kind of back into the thick of things. But these are also games that they could lose, and we've seen them lose some games. The Indiana Pacers game is a very good example of that. They got blown out by the Atlanta Hawks. All of those things really matter, I think, to New Orleans and trying to go out there and score when you've seen them really not be great at times. So to get a better type of scoring, a better balance on offense that the, uh, the Portland Trailblazers game is a good example of that too. And they scored just 95 points in that one and they really couldn't get things going. Even though Zion went out and scored, they still aren't using him the right kind of ways to be able to create for others with just three assists in that game, figuring out the right kind of balance between him, between Brandon Ingram, I think is a really important thing. And that's still a big work in progress. Let's get into that a little bit more, what it means for the team long term, and why we're kind of nitpicking this win a little bit. Be happy, as I said. I led with the biggest thing. I always try and lead with the biggest story when I do the show. Like, what's the biggest takeaway here? And this big takeaway, I think, is they beat the brakes off of a really bad team, which is the sign of what a good team does. And then we get into the more nuancey things with it in the second and third segments, which is what we're doing here. So let's continue that coming up here next in today's episode of... Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Having open positions is going to kill your small business. You gotta have those roles filled, doing critical job functions, not putting extra stress and pressure on your other workers. So go post your job on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you can add that little purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are indeed hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Get the right person in the door quicker. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/lockedonnba. That's LinkedIn.com/lockedonnba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today. And every day, we're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team completely free. We'll have a show on Thanksgiving for y'all talking about the win, hopeful win, I should say, over the San Antonio Spurs. Get you set for Friday with a big game against the Memphis Grizzlies. That's a big sports day, by the way. You got Tulane in the morning. You got the U.S. Men's National Team in the World Cup the afternoon. And then the Pelicans that night. Friday is going to be awesome, isn't it? I'm looking forward to that big two lane game, being a Tulane alum, roll wave here. So now for your next listen, probably talking about all of those things, Lockdown Sports Today. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So we are talking about the Pelicans win over the Golden State Warriors, 128-83. I want to emphasize again, big win for New Orleans. Take care of business. There's something to be said for that. They did. It's nice to see this because they played this exact same crappy Warriors squad and it wasn't as easy as this. So to rise, it's not really rising to the level of your opponent because this team's level is pretty low. But it's just realizing you're better and just going out and imposing your will on them, dominating them. And New Orleans really did that. And I loved to see it. You don't always see teams do that. For them to kind of figure that out, I think really says a lot about where they are as a squad and the preparation that went into this one. When some of that's been a little iffy at times this season, but no real concern about that in this game. 45-point win, second biggest in team history. That's a solid game right there. Again, you could have left at halftime, but you would have missed Red Panda, and she's awesome. So why are we still a little bit upset about this team? Right. Why are we a little bit upset when you go and win by 45? It should all be sunshine and rainbows. We should be partying right, should be confetti falling from the background here and in all of that. But when you look at this team, you know, making sure they're playing their best and kind of analyzing their style of play and what we're seeing from them is really important. The West is up for grabs this year. Any team could really go out and win this. So watching them drop winnable games to a Lakers squad, to a Indiana Pacers team. Pacers aren't as bad as we were expecting them to be either. You know, I think it's something you've got to worry about. Right now, this team is a game and a half out of first in the Western Conference. When I'm recording this, Utah's playing right now, so this could change. It looks like they're going to lose, so it really could be a difference of just one game or even half uh, half a game, right? I'm forgetting what it would be, but they're close. But so are a lot of other teams, right? When you say New Orleans only game and a half out of first, there's one, two, three, four, five, when I'm recording this, teams that are. And that might change if the Clippers beat the Jazz tonight, which is, again, still going on. It's tight. Losing one game because you just didn't play your best, you weren't ready or you weren't using your guys in the right way, might be the difference between a top four seed and a bottom four seed. We've seen one game, and the Pelicans have benefited from this, Get you into the postseason versus just not being in the postseason at all. It happened to the Oklahoma City Thunder thanks to an Anthony Davis miraculous made three. These games matter. Playing your best at this point in the season matters. You still might be trying to figure some things out. That's okay. But we can also call it like we see it. And it's an 82 game season, there's a lot of time to make up ground. But at the end of the season, you might be, you know, kind of having a little bit of remorse about that Pacers game. Or that Lakers game. Or some of the other losses. The the Portland game is a good one, right? Where they really got beat by Portland who didn't play Damian Lillard. Those winnable games, games you should have beaten your opponent on or games that were kind of a toss-up or you were pretty close, you need to win them. You could be in first right now. You'd rather that be the situation than not. So when people get a little bit frustrated with this team, or we're talking about maybe try and use Zion better because it seems to get people going and we don't want to see the offense hit a rough stretch at the start of the third quarter that leads to a loss or a you know failed comeback attempt because they're just using all their energy on that. Well, you got to try and avoid that. So play your best basketball. And sometimes we see things that are just very apparent. And for whatever reason, you the team doesn't agree with that and they lose games because of it. After this game, Willie Green said, you know, we want to keep playing our style of basketball. That worked in this, but we've also seen games where they play their style, winnable games, games they should have won and it hasn't because their style of basketball is posting up your bigs and kind of using that, you know, going a little bit too much with that when we've seen a better blueprint for Zion Williamson and how it can really open up opponents too. You can't do that all the time. You need to have BI time. You need to have CJ McCollum time too, and we saw that in this game. So it's really about finding the right balance between all of that, which I don't think they have done just yet and when you do and that offense has a couple of you know short stretch where it's not really working you can switch and you can go to a different style and go to one of those other guys to figure out what is working to help you get that win and avoid those losses which could play a big role at the end of the year and so that's why you know my expectations for this team are to absolutely crush this warriors team they should be doing that i'm not just going to be like okay pat on the back we're happy for you we're going to take it, certainly, and we are going to be happy for it. But it's not just going to end there. We want more. This team should be achieving more. We want to make sure they're doing it. That's why we talk about all that stuff. And that's why we talk about it here on Lockdown on Pelicans and on Twitter, as long as that exists for it. So, more to come. You get a game tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs, Thanksgiving Eve, then on Friday. So it's going to be a full week of shows here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So be sure to subscribe, tell a friend about the show, leave a five-star review with a comment. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.